0: Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 130 for Tuesday, May 17th. I'm Alex Huey. I'm here today with Farbone Markazi and Ray Estrada halfway through May. So we got a pretty good sample size to work with by now. We're going to see who's on some crazy pace to this point still. And this hasn't slowed down Bryce Harper yet, but he has a recent injury that's probably going to be trouble for the Phillies. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, to, to start us off here, Albert Pujols. The king, back in St. Louis, gave the show that I don't think anybody knew that they they wanted or needed. But by God, did it make for one of the best endings to a game of the year to start off. Ray, what'd you think? King Albert, stuff on the mound. How, how, how did uh, it stack up? You think
1: the 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 pitching machine um, was?
0: It was a fun moment, but he didn't pitch well. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's not about that man like he, he's 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 there to put on a show he, he's he got a little showmanship i, I think there were some some great yeah. moments mixed in there um do, do you not agree that just that that aspect alone makes it makes it one of the highlights of the season oh yeah i mean i'm not saying i dislike the
1: moment like but yeah it, it was definitely fun with uh the whole pageantry of it all and uh second oldest guy to make his pitching debut Yes, in, uh, was it Ichiro? Pitching. Who the, only, Who was the, only the only oldest? Guy? Guy? That that would have been my guess. I actually haven't looked this up, but
2: uh, I I know I know Ichiro in his last season he had a similar moment where he basically was like, oh, can I go out there? And he didn't pitch like awfully well, but it's one of those Ichiro's wonderful. Sliders, so that was one of those impressive
0: about Ichiro pitching. Yeah, I mean he 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 knew he could do everything. So I everybody knew that Ichiro was a good pitcher and wanted to pitch. This this is totally, totally in a different realm. Like nobody knew. It was I don't think it crawled into anybody's heads. Like, what if Albert got an inning this year? Like, man, that that was something else. And just the little moments too. Like uh Longoria got a got a hit off of him, asked asked for the ball. You know, first hit off of off of Hall of Famer, Albert Pools. Uh, you know, that's that's gotta it's gotta be kept. That's that's Hall of Fame stuff right there. And um, he also gave up the first home run of the year to the pitcher spot, I believe. Um, And that was uh, Luis Gonzalez's position player pitching for the Giants in the top of the inning in a blowout game on Sunday night baseball there. And I think, I believe that's true that Otani hasn't hit a home run as the starting pitcher or like while he's in the game as a pitcher still this season
2: yet. Well, he, he will. I mean, yeah, if but I remember, then he's not the first.
0: But he's not the first. Yeah, he's not. He's not. But he, he will. Don't worry. So that was a sneaky little tidbit in there. Um, You know, speaking of, I the Angels had their own candidate for maybe like the best game in Angels, you know, non-World Series related game in Angels history with Reed Detmers throwing the no-hitter, Anthony Rendon going up there hitting the lefty homer, just home runs by all the big bats like what i, I don't know How was that whole experience from you any big takeaways there
2: yeah i have two major takeaways first of all what <laughs> what happened that that game was if you're saying one of the best non like playoff non-world series moments in angels history it has to be top two and it may not be two um it it's, it's, it's absurd. You have the rookie throwing a no-hitter. You have a right-handed hitter with, the sh- with his shin guard still on his um, left leg, going to hit lefty, hitting a home run off of an outfielder pitching who might be the funniest guy in baseball. It, absurd. And then the second takeaway I have is to um, always in- invest into your experiences. You know, I told Alex this, Ray, but I'll tell you this. The day before the game, my girlfriend and I, we had those tickets for that game in my in our cart and then I just closed the computer. Instead of buying tickets and going to one of the best games we could have probably ever gone to, we didn't. So,
0: gonna haunt that's you forever, my main takeaway. Forever. Man. <laughs> We're, you're never uh, going to forget uh, about that uh, one. Uh,
2: yeah i'll take it as i i'm saving for other stuff i'll go i'm going to two games this week so i'll, I'll nice. hopefully he, he's we, not we gonna recreative.
0: miss he's not gonna miss a single moment to be sure going forward, <laughs> never. Could you, <laughs> never could you imagine going back to the pools game like if you leave early in a blowout game there you know sunday night like ah okay we we got this one wrapped up that was fun and you leave the stadium and miss seeing albert pools pitch, that's why i don't like leaving games early that's yeah i what are the Y's right there's, there? There's no chance.
1: No. No chance. Baseball gets it, it, really fu- Baseball can get really fun sometimes when the it's a blowout. That's <laughs> when weird stuff happens. The yeah.
2: best part was I, I saw a tweet after that game that said, Imagine showing up to like driving to the ballpark that day and being like, What's the craziest thing that could happen? I don't even think Albert Fools being on the mound would be like in someone's no, mind. No, as nobody a possibility.
0: thought of it. Nobody no. thought of it, which is what makes it really no. cool. So yeah. So just some really cool baseball moments to, to kick it off. Um, main bulk of what we wanted to do today is, is talk about some, some major pace going on right now. Uh, we're about, you know, between 30 and 40 games in the season for most teams out here at this point, that's a pretty good sample size. And uh, we're going to do a new segment, which we might bring back at some point. We're, calling it pace pals where we're gonna buy or sell on a bunch of different uh, pace related stats um, you know going on for the rest of the year it is you know it's a big sample size it's it's no more of this uh, you know ridiculous uh, you know he's on pace for 162 homers because he homered on the first game of the season no like these are these are some legitimately <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah exactly um, these are more interesting at this point in the year. So, um, I think
2: that pace is also incorrect because if he homers in the first at bat, it'd be like 500 homer uh, pace. No, it's a per you, game basis. You know what I mean? Oh, You know you doing what I mean? By per game. I'm d-
0: I do. I do home runs by a bat, but okay. I guess I'll go ahead and clarify <laughs> too. Uh, we're going to start with some teams here just on their win paces. But when we do get to the players, we're going to go off of, um, fan graphs. I-, I believe it's like games played percentage stats. So it's assuming they play the same percentage of the season the rest of the way as they have to this point so it's it's not you know it's it's the pace standard for uh for stat heads out there uh let's start with my team you know not to I, I, we've we've gone in you know seven minutes in the show and haven't talked about the best team in baseball yet and that's the yankees man that's the yankees still on pace for 119 wins which yeah, that's that's pretty high but not unreasonable if you uh, if you watch this team lately. Uh I'll, I'll start with you Ray and and one guy who I think is like taken the league by storm, you know, outside of the obvious Aaron Judge, Stanton, just monsters out there mashing. And we got to talk about na- Nasty Nestor as a big reason why this team has had some success. I I mean, what what is what is it with him? What's what's the key here with with Nasty Nestor? He's striking guys out this year. Um
1: but, I mean, he's not on the list here, but he's on pace for like 230 or something like that. And uh, yep, not overpowering stuff, but he's picking his spots, hitting his corners, and going deep into games, striking a bunch of guys out. He's doing really well. And, you know, for how middling my fantasy team is this year, he's been uh, a nice uh, bright spot uh, in terms of the pickups this year, so. Yeah, yeah, and he's, as a Yankees he's fan, made a huge difference for that starting rotation.
0: Who you know—that's all we hear. That's all we hear throughout the offseason is we need to go out and get a number two guy. Uh, we just had one laying around, uh, you know, waiting in the wings. Nestor was laying around. Uh, you know, he's, he's just waiting. He's a fun dude. <laughs> he's just taking care of uh, Bronxy the turtle and and waiting for waiting for his big moment. He was good last year, but uh, this year is totally different yeah. level.
1: I, I, I did really like his stuff when I saw him last year, and uh, glad that I have some type of eye for talent still.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and then the re- so oh yeah, go ahead.
2: I, I was just gonna actually ask the actual question of both of you buying or selling this win pace.
0: Um, totally I'm unbiased. Totally unbiased. I'm I'm buying. Um, you know, just because. Just <laughs> It's it's clicking in ways that maybe people, I don't know, aren't even thinking to, because obviously you have Aaron Judge playing like MVP caliber self, which he hasn't really done since, you know, his rookie year where he should have won MVP. Um, And we'll get into more more pace stuff later too. at 57 homer pace for Aaron Judge right now. Um, That's about on par with what he was doing his rookie season and then just everything else around him kinda of feeding into that. You've you've got Stanton who's who's doing what he's supposed to do. Joey Gallo's actually been much, much better than last year and it's actually being a productive bat, Anthony Rizzo. Um, Josh Donaldson needs to turn it around, but, you know, still up in there. DJ LeMay who's kinda of back to his normal self. Um, they're just kind of firing in all cylinders. That's that's all it is. Uh, we aren't used to that with the Yankees at all. There's always injuries or underperformance is something big going on but now this is kind of what i would it was built to do
2: well 100 percent. that's what it was built to do and i mean with this team we talked about it the last time you and i recorded i don't think ray was there but we talked about it and saying in a month we could easily be talking about the yankees on a 15 game losing streak because this team while they are built to do this, they're also they've gone they've gotten very streaky before. At the beginning of the season, pitchforks were out for Aaron Boone to be fired for Cashman to, be, to go, and then like two weeks in, everyone was like everyone was celebrating. They still are, so it, I think that's still yet to be seen of how long this can continue. How long Aaron Judge and Stanton can stay in the lineup consistently? Knock on wood. Um, the only interesting tidbit, but I don't even think it is too interesting, is I went and took a look at all the teams that we're going to talk about today, their schedules. The Yankees have played seven of their 34 games against teams that are currently today over 500. And that those seven games have all been against the one game over 500 Toronto Blue Jays. So if you want any reason to maybe doubt it, you could argue that they've been just beating bad teams. But it's, I mean, every, there's outside of like the, some of the teams we're talking about today and some of like the more interesting teams right now, a lot of teams have started off really slow. So it's, it's just a matter of, do you believe that this is just because they, they're beating up on worse competition or if they are legit who they,
1: who they're like showing themselves to be? Yeah, I, I, I still I have know. concerns over the starting pitching depth. Like we mentioned, like Nestor Cortez has been great, and not saying he's going to fall off, but um, one through five is maybe not the most inspiring in terms of like winning 119 games, which is, like you said, an insane pace. So I like that's why I'm selling the pace, not saying they're going to win under 100, but like Ferbo mentioned, it's been against okay competition, teams that are disappointed so far this year, but also um, it's that's just. Baseball is hard to sustain at this pace. That's just the bare end of it. Yeah. This
2: is the Yankee... This is the best of the best the Yankees are going to show us. Probably yeah. this year. You're just hoping that they're not peaking too early. Against <laughs> I, was, I was about to inferior, ask you, like,
1: Louis, are you nervous if the Yankees are, Yankees are peaking right now and not like September yeah. October?
2: Well, I mean, I... look... the. Sorry, sorry. You can talk in a second. The other teams we're talking about, I have you. those same stats with them too, and they, there is a correlation in terms of games against teams over five hundred
0: or not, and how they're doing. But yeah, continue. Um, you know, I think everything within this segment just has the assumption, barring injury, like it's no fun to say, like, well, if they still healthy, like, obviously, if they stay healthy, then things will work out. Um, I don't think they're playing above their heads, though. I'm not worried about you know peaking or any of that kind of business because i mean if they can do it now then they're capable of doing it at any point uh it can't be understated that the bullpen is absolutely insane probably the best in baseball um to this point so it makes me a little bit less worried about the starters you know you got guys like jameson tyone in there still um who are definitely injury risks but you stick them out there for five innings and then clean up the rest of the game um you know, it's it's definitely a lot more attainable when you look at it that way, um, and then yeah, bad competition. You got to take care of business. That's that's part of the deal, right? Like they're twenty five and nine. Yeah. they they've done that. Um, that's the that's the area yeah. I'll one hundred percent agree with you. Is if you'd feel more
2: worried if they weren't beating these teams.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think that's enough. That's enough Yankees talk, and that's yeah, I, I could do it all day. But uh, let's let's get to our our other. P- Bit of bread and butter here on uh on beat the shift and that's the angels, uh, we already gave them a little, a little love here with with one of the best games of the year. But they're on pace for a hundred five wins this year, not, not expected to do that at all entering the year, and you talk about firing on all cylinders, they've got their two MVPs in Trout, and Otani, and they just threw one more in there for good measure, in Taylor Ward, yeah. So what's what's going on here? Are you, I, I know you're buying furboat. You, you want to tell us why? I'll buy
2: the 100 win pace. I'm, I'm not sure about the 105. I think a lot of it is, once again, I mean, it's not as high-profile injuries as the Yankees have had the issues. But we've talked year in and year out, like there must be something up with the Angels training staff with all the injuries they go through and all the extra pitchers and all the extra um like bodies they have to have every single season. So that that's like barring injury. If I'm definitely buying how good they are. I mean, this lineup, I I said at the beginning of the year, the angels are, and I said it last year too, the difference between the angels being having pitching and not is sorry. Let me continue. I said last year going into the year that if that lineup and I understand Taylor ward has been really good and I came out of nowhere, if that lineup had pitching, adequate pitching, they're not only playoff contenders, they're World Series contenders. Because the lineup is no longer required to go out there and score eight runs a game to beat you eight to six. Now we can win four to one, five to two, stuff like that. I understand they're losing six to three right now, but that's <laughs> that, that, that's 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 a misnomer. It, that's okay. Um, I do have to be fair. I do have to be objective. If I brought up the stats about the Yankees, I'm also going to bring it up about the Angels. Ten of the 37 games they've played have been against teams over 500, so that's a greater percentage of games that they've played against or against um, good teams. But still, they're they're not playing the best of the best right now. But it's very promising. I I, I buy the 105. They're the Yankees are third in baseball in. In t- in starter ERA, the Angels are fourth at 297. It, it, if they can get another reliever, maybe a starter, I, I completely buy this.
0: Yeah, and I, I think they're, they're going to be an interesting point of conversation come the trade deadline. Uh, absolutely. That's, that's a new one, Angels buying at the deadline. Um, But yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and move to the next one, Ray, I know, but I'm, I'm going to give you this one here, <laughs> which maybe you're a little bit happy about so far. And that's the Braves on a on a mere seventy-four win pace coming off of their their championship season. So I don't know. Are you buying that? Are you buying that they really have taken a step back from last year? Um I that statement
1: This big kind of step but back. not really. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, they they got Olsen who's tearing it up right now, or was tearing it up at least. Um but uh, yeah, they replaced Freeman with him. Acuna's back. We'll see how he kind of gets into the groove of the rest of the season. the The pitching, the starting pitching depth, and the bullpen depth is still their biggest question mark. And remember, this team won eighty eight games last year, and that was with a, a pretty torrid uh, second half. I think uh, we talked about that in our like recap podcast last year. So I, th- this is kind of what the Braves were last year early on. Just struggling with some guys having good years and stuff like that. And then we'll see if they can turn off in the second half if that the pitching depth, if they, if they add to it, if, uh, or, you know, maybe nobody wants to help them this year and, and they miss out in the playoffs, especially with the Mets uh, looking a lot better than they were last year. I'll buy this. I want,
2: like Ray said, they were never this dominant team last year. I, I know it's surprising because. They, um, they won the World Series, but they they got hot. That's that's the best time of the year to get hot is if you're in the playoff hunt, getting hot into late September, early October. That's when you want to get it. There, they have holes on the team, and I mean, I I expect them to improve their win pace and not end at seventy four. But at the same time, I wouldn't be
1: surprised if they have a big step back this year. I
2: think uh, the other
1: thing too. I mean, not saying Olsen is the issue, but they lost to Lair their World Series MVP. I don't know how much he hurts you over a full season, but the whole Freddie Freeman deal, uh, in terms of like lowballing him and and the the fact that they went to arbitration with Austin Riley and won, I don't think that really helps uh, the mental side for your defending World Series champs. The you guys want the stat?
0: The stat. Let's hear it.
2: So just just like how the Yan- Yankees and Angels had had played only 20 27% of their team of their games against teams over 500 the Braves have played 61%. 20 of their 34 games have been against teams over 500 currently today. Um so they have played against better competition. They've started off cold, so they got time to to turn around. Marathon, not a sprint.
0: Yeah. I guess considering one entire division in you know in that uh in that national league is is over 500 or better falling into that that's not as surprising but uh yeah I I, don't know. I I buy obviously i I predicted them to miss the playoffs and I think I said something kind of on the same note as what Ray' was saying is that they're they're gonna be too blinded by the tears of crying over the loss of Freddie Freeman that they uh that they won't be able to make it all the way. I don't know. We'll see. That might just come back to bite me if they get hot. (laughs) Uh, One more team to throw in there on the on the downside here is the Red Sox on pace for 62 wins. This does put a smile on my face. I I don't do we buy that? That's that's really bad. I don't know if anybody buys something that atrocious. I I
2: don't buy 62 wins and just like full blown bottom dollars but if they are at that pace they're definitely going to be selling at the deadline it might be more than just some random guys it might be their core. Uh, they've they've only they've played like less than half of their games against teams over 500 so it's still like a sizable amount but it's not even that much. And the reason I buy this even more than I would buy the Braves win pace is the Yankees are great. The Rays are going to be the Rays. and They're going to be consistent. They're going to, uh, even when you don't think they are, they're going to end up at 90 wins. And then the Blue Jays, they started off cold. They're only one game over 500. And I only expect them to continue to improve. So the Red Sox are going to have a majority of their games against like that that division. And yeah, they're going to play the Orioles. But that's a tough division to uh, try to
1: fight back your um your cold start.
0: Yeah. Re- yeah buy I'll, it or
1: I'll, I'll buy the big setback. Not necessarily 62 and not necessarily hundred losses, but I mean, I think you could, I think a lot of people were saying it before the season, this team's not built all that well. Um, adding story, I think was nice and he's been just super cold. That's, that's just bad luck. But I mean, you're probably going to lose Bogarts at the end of the year, probably going to lose JD Martinez. They lost Eduardo Rodriguez, who was arguably their ace last year in free agency just no starting pitching that Walker was good. And then he got hurt conveniently right as I picked him up in fantasy. Um, but yeah, they're just nothing clicking for them this year. And there's no, it, it's hard to see how they get it fully turned around to even be on the fringe of a playoff contention this year.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they do. And like for said, those guys might be gone earlier. We'll see. They, maybe they leapfrog the Orioles. Maybe. All right, let's get on some some crazy player pace here. I um, I don't know if these ones are so much buy or sell as it's just like ridiculous pace with some of these. Uh, Jose Ramirez is on pace for one hundred sixty two RBI. Uh, I just thought that one had had to be in there. Uh, are are you buying are You buy one hundred sixty two RBI? Sell. Okay, yeah, I'm no, I, sell I, that. I, <laughs> I, I love I, Jose I
1: Ramirez. I I, I, I want to take this the stat to to apply to you know we talk about 2020 season all that uh jose abreu had 60 rbis in 60 games in 2020 winning AL MVP, and to me that's still like one of the most ridiculous stats um like going like he literally averaged an rbi game i know it was
0: a short one but geez <laughs> yes and uh, you know quick math here 162 rbi would match that pace of, of yeah that's what i'm saying uh, so, yeah, that one is just a little bit silly there. Uh, Here's an interesting one. Byron Buxton, you're on Alvarez, obviously mashing the ball. Both 51 homer pace guys right now. Who do you think ends up with more the rest of the way between Buxton and Alvarez? Also I would great. say
1: Alvarez. I think he's the more consistent power hitter and also less of an injury risk, even though he was hurt. Yeah, this one's
0: interesting year. because both of them just complete yeah. injury <laughs> nightmares. So... You know, <laughs> like I mean, let's I mean, let's just say they play an equal amount of games.
1: Let's not say how many games that is for either of them. Okay, yeah. Um, I th- I think Yordan Alvarez is a more consistent power threat. Although Buxton's turning into a huge power guy, but um, I think uh Yordan Alvarez is uh just a little bit more than Buxton.
0: I I'll back that up.
2: I we can, we have to stop agreeing on these things, but I'll back that up.
0: No, you don't I, have so, you, you go with you go with your gut. You don't don't worry about what Yeah. Says my my gut is like me and the an entire
1: fantasy podcast together and agreeing on every single point
2: <laughs> uh, my gut tells me that Jordan Alvarez is going to have more home runs hit over the left field porch than Byron Buxton will have trying to get the ball over um, a, t- a target field fence so i i think Jordan Alvarez is once like like you said Ray he's a more consistent power hitter he's like a prototype power hitter but also Ballpark factors. I don't even know if division. Yeah, he, factors... can have, he can
1: hit it like a lazy fly ball left and have like ten homers that exactly. way.
2: Exactly. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if division like factors in that much. I was trying to think of that because the A's, the Rangers, there's some teams in that in the Astros division that aren't too hot. But it's not like the AL Central is too great either outside of uh the White Sox. You know, so I'll, I'll buy I'll buy Gordon,
0: but I won't buy Byron as much. Okay, um, just throwing it out there too. Judge fifty-seven homer pace, Stan forty-eight. It's not bad. Rizzo, I think, also over forty homer pace. Just, just putting that out you, who there. Who
2: do you think? Who do you think ends up with more? You're the Yankee fan.
0: Uh, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Judge. It's gotta be. He's yeah, he's a man. Yeah.
2: Who, who, why? That has to be the obvious answer. He's in a contract yeah. year. He's, he's contract year. Yeah, this this guy's gonna su- suddenly magically be healthy all year and hit like fifty-eight <laughs> home runs. <laughs> yeah, we have and then,
1: Buxen, Alvarez, Judge, and Stanton listed who is up all you know fifty around fifty homer paces. Who ends up with more? <laughs> like all these guys could like
0: just like break in the next yeah, week. Any yeah, any other year, that's an all <laughs> that's oh, yeah. all IL team right there.
2: Ooh, <laughs> I U- U- I really want to know what their games played paces are because I I feel like that's a better buy or stall than their home run. Well, runs. it's based on this <laughs> it's based on the season.
0: So they're they've all been healthy at this point in the season. So that's just assuming they're healthy. Um okay. Let's let's I got a couple more here. Dylan Cease, 285 strikeout pace as a starter. Um that's a lot of strikeouts. No, nobody really does that anymore um that's that's serious ace potential right there uh you buying or selling uh
1: i'll, I'll buy a 285 strikeout pace the stuff is like legit and if he finds that control that he's kind of been missing uh early on in his career and just starts dialing it in that stuff is nasty and he can easily go 250 to 300 strikeouts uh, uh especially with the way that uh, the white Sox like to just give their guys innings I'm not sure why you're saying we
2: don't see that that much anymore. I mean, Garrett Cole 2019 326, Chris Sale 2017 308, Kershaw 2015 301, Scherzer 2018 300. I could keep going. Yeah, there,
0: well, I don't know, I don't know. Can you keep going cuz that's that's elite company right there. Not everybody's doing that. So
2: Scherzer, Verlander, if you're Verlander, buying that, Scherzer.
0: Yeah, if you're buying Scherzer, that, he's up there with Scherzer. those guys. He's up there with those guys if you're buying that.
2: I mean, I think you could argue after his year last year, he was on an upward trajectory of like the stuff's elite. He, I don't. He he's a great pitcher, and if he's doing it now, I think he can
0: continue doing it. All right, let's see it, Stash. Let's see it. Um, one more. That's really interesting. Actually, is that Josh Hader and Taylor Rogers now in the Padres both on sixty save pace for the season? Nobody saved fifty last year. Did anybody even save forty last year? I have to check that. Um, because there might not have. Been a total of 40 last year, but yeah. You guys, you guys buying or selling 60, 60 save potential in a season?
1: See, uh, saves are tough because it all depends on team six. Like, you know, yeah, they they could win the same amount of games, but because they won a certain game by four yeah. runs and not three, it's not a save. Um, but all, I, sorry,
0: it, if know. you're looking
1: for candidates to have 60 saves, it is, um. Hater and Rogers in the way that their teams use them. Hader is gonna get pretty much every save opportunity. Um especially he can go multiple innings too, he's proven that in the past. And Rodgers, the way the Padres, Padres like to have a closer. Um, and they don't have much else in the back end of that bullpen that has closed games consistently. So they are going to get the bulk, if not 100 percent of the save opportunities for their teams this year. It just depends on if they have enough of them to get the 60. I'm going
2: to sell Josh Hader getting a 60, but to answer your question, the lead, the leader in saves last year was Mark Melanson for yep. you guessed it, the San Diego Padres. Um, I was He had 39 throw that out there. saves, yeah. um, and I, if there's one team that's going to get all those saves again, it's going to be it's going to be Rogers. The, the Padres gonna...
1: have a great history of finishing below 500 and like leading the league in saves. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll believe in Rogers. Uh, I'll buy that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just just kind of interesting to, to throw in there too. Uh, that's that's enough for for the pace today. I think, I think we did a pretty good job there to uh, pick out some some big standouts. Uh, real quick, Bryce Harper as partially torn has a partially torn UCL. So this is obviously something that players can play through. Especially position players. He's not a pitcher. He doesn't have to go out in there and throw. But he's not going to throw, play the field at all for the next month. At, and So that means at least a month where Bryce Harper is going to have to be the DH if he plays. And, you know, it worked out pretty well for him, I'd say. He was the National League Player of the Week last week. And they did take it to the Dodgers on the road. Barely held him off, mind you, in, in, a, in a couple of those games. But, uh, you know, it didn't look like a problem there. This is a team going into it. They were built around their new DH. And Bryce Harper kind of eliminates any flexibility they have there. Schwarber and Castellanos, namely having to play them in your corners in the outfield and not really having a standout center fielder, mind you, too. Um, You know, that might spell some trouble for them. In the middle part of the season here what do, you, what do you guys think you guys think the Phillies are gonna be okay with their already atrocious defense getting a good amount worse are you talking
2: okay as in they're gonna finish 500 as they always do because they still don't have any pitching or are you talking about are they gonna be okay because Bryce Harper is gonna still be an MVP candidate yes <laughs> 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 that the, there you go that's my answer I I they're not going to be up there. I they they have one two good pitchers. Other than that, I I can't buy the. I'm an Angels fan. I can't buy the whole we're going to mash our way to success model. That's that's just not going to happen. So, no matter what happens to Bryce, I I hope he he he's back in the uh, in the outfield soon. It's this is going to hurt the Phillies defensively as if their pitching didn't need more um, issues as if their defense wasn't with. already bad enough. Yeah, exactly. So it this it's not this isn't gonna be his injury isn't gonna take him from being a playoff true playoff contender to a like a way below five hundred team. He it's just not gonna be great for them regardless.
0: It's okay, Kyle Gibson and Zach Eflin and Ranger Suarez. I think you guys are pretty good. I think they have more than two good starters, but. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a problem. That might be a little bit of a problem for them. We might see some really ugly games, uh, going forward here with them. I just thought that was that was worth throwing in there too. Um, yeah. Do we want to just get right into sliding by here? Let's do it.
2: Cue right. theme music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll get we'll get some some type of music in a second at some point in in at some podcast. But we got a double dip of sliding by this week. Uh, so we missed last week and we're kind of tr- trying to make up for it with two this week. Um, so basically what sliding by is every week, Alex Uy joins a team's fan base for a whole week, not only watching their games and rooting them on, but like diving their, into their Reddit, team's Twitter, finding the ins and outs that make the fan base what it is. We talked about the Twins, we've heard about the Rockies, and now we're going to hear about the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals. So, although they're not, although these two teams, Uwe, are not close in dis, or they are close in distance. They're about like a three and a half hour drive from each other. They have not started out nearly as close. Uh, the Royals are 12 and 20, and the Cardinals sit at 19 and 15. It's not like the Cardinals are dominating, but they're pretty good ways ahead of the Royals. So, Uwe, let's talk Kansas City first. We're yeah, it. seven we're seven years removed from the World Series run. Seven years into their rebuild after they dealt their core. What's going on?
0: Uh, you know, I, I think I think as a Royals fan, you know, we had we have enough nostalgia built in here with Salvador Perez still hanging on from the World Series team. We got Zach, Zach Granky with a G back in back in the Royal <laughs> Blue. So just so just some good nostalgia all around there. Um, it's, it's not the best team we have ever thrown out there. A lot of really interesting young talent. It's not really clicking at all, but Bobby Witt, um, and this happened in the past week, not, not so much while I was watching, uh, the Royals closely, but has really started to put it together a nice weekend out at Coors Field. We'll do that for you. And, uh, they brought MJ Melendez, huge catching prospect, really good hitter, led the Miners and Homers last year. And uh, hasn't done anything yet but it's also really cool um, th- those are the big the big highlights you know we lost Adalberto Mondesi for the season uh, already so you know if you get that out of the way early you don't have to sweat it don't have to worry about it he's just gone um, so yeah other than that um, you know it I think it's I think it's okay there was no expectations really going into this year so we just want to watch our young young guys do their thing. So for on that note, I'm going to switch over to the
2: Cardinals and Ray, you might be able to, to like, to chime in here in a second, but I do have a question. The Cardinals for the past several years, I know they won the world series in 2011. They got back in 2013 and they've had a playoff runs since kind of feel boring, right? They kind no. of feel like the Spurs. Nah, no, man. They Did you not watch the game? Like the Did you not watch
0: the game yesterday? Do you not watch yes, that game? this I understand.
2: Yesterday? I understand Albert Pujols pitched, and I hey, I look forward to when Albert Pujols joins the Angels on his ten year service contract whenever he chooses to retire. But I mean, it, are are they like the Spurs of baseball? They, like, how, how do you feel about the Cardinals this year?
0: Uh, I don't I don't know. I haven't been a Spurs fan, so I I don't really know <laughs> if that's that's the the Ray. Comp- what do you think?
1: No, because the Spurs I respect. Ooh! Oh, wow! Wow!
2: Okay, I got you. Yeah, So okay, interesting. I don't know. They,
0: to me, it just feels like oh, the Cardinals are just like kind of boring. I understand uh, they have great players. But let me just but give you. Let me I, just I give want you, you a quick. To me, yeah. The, the, the yeah. here's the here's the Devil Magic rundown right here. I don't know if you were paying attention to the rest of that game that Albert Pool has pitched, but that's Sunday night baseball against the Giants against Carlos. Rodon. Rodone? Rod- Rodone. Um, <laughs> it's one of those. Um, just torched him. This this lineup has been disgusting the whole year. Adam Wainwright's still doing what he's doing on the other side of things. I, I have no idea how. Kind of the same with or Molina. They're just just running on pure double magic at this point. I already, I already said it, but it, it bears repeating. Um, goldschmidt Arenado is the tandem that everybody thought they could be. After, you know, they just started taking all the the powerhouse bats from from the NL West. Um, this is probably the best case scenario going on there. Tommy Edmonds been great. Tyler O'Neill has not been great, but uh, I guess he's not that important. I guess with Harrison Bader, Dil- Dylan Carlson, just everything else is kind of clicking. Juan Yepez is, uh, you know, their their newest call up, and he's really, you know, taken taking the league by storm just absolutely crushed the giants last weekend and this weekend um in his first week in the big leagues so they're getting his bat in the lineup um just having albert pool is back there's there's a lot of good things going on here that that go beyond just like yeah okay they're they're all right they're kind of boring like these are some some powerhouse names that are that that are hot right now
2: i mean i guess i guess my point wasn't that like they're boring in in the sense of like their team's no fun to watch, but it's more so, Oh, the Cardinals are always just going to be here, but they're nothing like there's nothing sexy about the team. You know, I, 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 I love Wainwright. I, I love Yachty and I, I hope pools. I'm still rooting for him to get the 700. Uh, but I want to, I want to kind of dive in on Arnado. So last year, the Cardinals got $50 million and a solid power season from Arenado, but it was kind of far from who he is. Uh, side note: If you haven't read Passen's recent article about his off season, what he did to get his swing back, the getting fitted for bats and all that stuff that he did, I I strongly encourage that. I he started off the year. Uh, I, I I encourage you to read it. He he started off the year just absolutely on fire, and the last couple of year, the last couple weeks, he's been he's come down to earth a little bit. Is he at this point? Do you, I mean at this point? He I believe he's an MVP candidate, but do you think that's sustainable?
0: I mean, yeah, he's done it before. Um, in a legit MVP candidate, people, I, I, if Coorsfield Field delegitimizes you, then I guess that I guess he just never no, had no, no, a chance no. before that. But <laughs> I'm, you, I'm you also know, talking
2: top three. I'm not saying Coors Field. No, he
0: he is but... legitimately there, especially because the the nationally just doesn't have the AL names. They don't have Otani, they don't have Trout, Vladdy, whoever to deal with. Like, you deal with half the season of Tatis, Bryce Harper playing with a torn UCL now. Um, I guess, like, the Dodgers got some guys, but, like, it's not nearly the same competition uh, for the MVP race. And I, he's he's not really come back down to earth. Like, player of the month in April, yeah, I I guess, but he's still just kind of crushing the ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's about as legit as you can have. Still a gold-glove defender. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, really. Like, it was an adjustment period for sure. Um, so let me ask you yeah. about these two teams as a whole, because I'm ha- I
2: had a really tough time trying to come up with any questions about the Royals. Okay. Um, so I, a sliding by staple what's both of their ceilings this year and reasons they may fall short reasons they may overachieve or achieve. Um, what do you, what what do you think?
0: Uh, the Royals are chilling at a cool 12 and 20 record right now. I, I guess ceiling, it would technically be a 500 team. Uh, that would take Bobby Witt and MJ Melendez really popping off. And maybe if they bring up some other of their prospect depth, um, they do have it you having a K per nine higher than three no they don't need that but um you know <laughs> everything else going right would be pretty nice brad Keller has low-key just had a really good season too like sub three era sub one whip um you know these aren't sustainable things necessarily but best case scenarios you just see the young guys pop off and then the cardinals right now 19 and 15 best case scenario they just overtake the brewers and win the division um that's that's really all it is. They're, they are a little lacking in the starting pitching department. Um, they got guys who I have no idea how they're doing what they're doing. With Wainwright, Michaelis has made a huge bounce back. Uh, and then the rest of the rotation, too, just hasn't been that good. Steven Matz, Dakota Hudson, Jordan Hicks, who's a starter now for some reason. And I, I don't really understand that. But I'm otherwise.
1: Still gas.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, they have even more potential to unlock I think namely Tyler O'Neill I'll I'll leave that to you as like the biggest difference maker Tyler O'Neill and or Dylan Carlson both huge huge bats and Tyler O'Neill showed it last year Dylan Carlson has showed the potential really a lot of prospect pedigree there but both yeah if one or both of them you know starts contributing like they're capable then yeah that's that's a team that I would take over the Brewers, even if the Brewers have really, really good pitching. So, I've, there you go. I've,
2: I've noticed over the last couple of sliding buys, we haven't actually asked what the point of this exercise is. How do their fan bases feel about their teams this year um, and, like, the trajectory of them? Uh,
0: I I mean, it's fun. Uh, that That's the reason we do it. But fan base-wise, yeah, like, they... Like, I think I kind of try to, to embody that from the from the get-go. Like, Royals fans, not really, like, there were no expectations. I, I, I kind of knew that just about their fan base, like, where they're at. And it's, it's pretty true. Like, everybody's pretty, pretty low-key. If Bobby Witt does something cool, then awesome. Like, we're here for it. Let's rally around it. And like I said, the nostalgia with Granky being back. And yeah, I don't know. Um, they're pretty content. They won a World Series pretty recently. Uh, and the Cardinals are always always good. Like if they're not playing good baseball, then it's concerning. But they're just kind of used to really good baseball, so uh, it's all good vibes in both teams. And then really. I
2: got a I got a bonus question before we get to the pre the final planned question. Um, you met, we Ray brought up Granky's K per nine, a theory that came up in my head, and I Ray, I want you to jump into. I, I realize he's getting older. I realize he's lost velocity, but he's always been a different thinker. What if he's just like not having fun striking guys out? Like, is there, is there, is there, is there, is there, is there legitimacy to Granky being Like, oh, I just want to get these guys to hit the ball ground out and I'll, I'll go in the dugout. And rest. I don't know
1: what he's doing in terms of like having fun. <laughs> Cause he like, I know he, he want to sign young with the Royals and stuff like that, but like, Why? <laughs> There's nobody else gonna take him. I think, I, I don't know. I think he's just throwing BP up there, having fun until nobody pays him anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's that's part of it. I that that was just like my biggest question. I was like, I feel like if there was anyone in the league that could just like be like, oh, this isn't interesting anymore. Like striking guys out and like being a little bit more dominant in today's game isn't is interesting. I just want to go and sit on the bench. So I'm gonna just get these outs in seven pitches on. Three, two fly ball outs and a ground out. Um, I mean, yeah, he's had 14 Ks and 30 plus innings, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of absurd. Uh, so, we back to you. Unless you want to chime in on that, the give me something specific you would not have seen, known, or like been aware of if you had not had a had this deep dive into the Royals fan base into the Cardinals fan base into their seasons and like trajectories
0: oh um I don't have anything as weird as like the previous it doesn't weeks, have I to be like. weird Just... nah yeah I don't um I I, I was a, a Royals fan for the MJ Melendez call-up which I feel like is pretty low-key he hasn't really done much but he is he is a big-time prospect like he he looks pretty good um just you know hasn't hasn't quite done much at the big league level um and i don't know i, I guess it's just like the low-key like brad keller having a super good season kind of like keeping them afloat you always need guys like that to kind of stand out amongst you know the rest of the muck and then Cardinals is there a wise?
2: possibility he's a trade option at the deadline
0: yeah or is he yeah. too yeah <laughs> he- no yeah he's he's a good He's a good trade candidate for sure. Not a high-octane guy. Like, not a big strikeout pitcher. Kind of a veteran. You kind of know what you're going to get. But if teams need arms, probably. Probably we'll go after him.
2: Kansas City, Anaheim will be calling.
0: Yeah. And then the Cardinals side, I don't really know. It's it's kind of tough when the teams are firing in all cylinders. I guess just like Juan Lopez, really. I mean, he's kind of taken notice from the Holy just because he's been so good but also just... I had no you know, idea watching... who he was before we started oh, recording Oh, well, there this. you go. So Juan Yepes is a legitimately good prospect, and he's up now. Um, Paul DeYoung, you, you know that name. He is, uh, he is not in the yes. big leagues for the Cardinals anymore. So they have uh, another top prospect in Nolan Gorman waiting in the wings there. Uh, they've not brought him up yet, but he's tearing up A right now. I think he's in A. Might be AA. Um, he's tearing it up right now in the minors, and I think they're just... I don't know. They, they don't want to bring him up until they're absolutely ready. They have um, Edmundo. I think his name is Edmundo Sosa. Um, Ed, yeah. Shortstop. I, I, I couldn't remember if it was just Edmund or Edmundo. I think it's Edmundo. Edmundo. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. They have a huge prospect waiting in the wings there, too. So everybody's kind of pumped about that. Um, in addition Gorman to is in already AAA. going.
2: Yeah, he's AAA. A. OK, he, he's a nine nine. He's a 993 OPS, 645 slugging AAA.
0: Yeah, he, he got big power, so.
2: <laughs> oh, maybe the Cardinals won't be boring anymore.
0: They have a lot more potential. Um, Like I said, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman. It's a lot of power there that hasn't contributed much so far.
2: No, not at all. Yep. I mean, so before, do you have anything else to say about these two teams before I wrap it up?
0: No, I don't, I don't think so. I think I've I've said what I've needed to say. Um, I, I I do kind I do keep watching the teams after I've devoted my my fandom to them. Uh, going forward this week, I will be a Texas Rangers fan, and they are taking it to the Angels yes. right now, baby. So you'll They're have only to see up that. by two
2: in the sixth inning. Cool it. Um, but I I do want to point something out based off of what you said of how you're still following along. I I. I Every team that we've done so far, Ray can attest to this. When we're pre- preparing for a podcast, or when we have, we're have we getting our topics and everything ready, Ui just has like a window open of random games. And he's like, so-and-so just hit a home run. I'm like, "Who who who's that? And Why are you watching that game right now? So Ui is actually genuinely following along all, all of these team seasons. Uh, so he's not necessarily leaving yeah. you. But th- as he said, he's heading over to Globe Life Field remotely. And he's already beginning his time as a Rangers fan. Too bad for him for playing my Angels um, to start out the week. So keep your eyes peeled
0: for next week's podcast. Alex will tell you about it. Yeah, I, I'm like any other fan. I'm not watching every single pitch of every single game. That's, that's a little unreasonable, but I'm definitely following yeah. them as, as though they're my team for that week. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll before we wrap it, yeah, I'll just leave you with one little, little fun tidbit, and that is our, our weekly edition of... I don't. What, what do we name this segment? Just, just shitting on the Reds. Like I, I don't know what else to to <laughs> call it. Um, well, I, I thought you were just gonna say weird stuff. No. Go uh, Christian Yelich hit his third cycle of his career, and all of them are against the Reds. Yep. So. And the Reds won that that game. Yeah. 11. The Reds the bats Reds have come no alive.
1: And lost that game. Yeah. So that's it, baseball. <laughs>
2: I'm, uh, to be honest, I great job by Hunter Green pitching that game. Jose Quintana dealt. What? What? What's going on? He's in Pittsburgh now. But great job by Hunter Green. I'm just thankful that this happened, so my team isn't
0: the last team to do it. Um, Jared Weaver and Eridondo, Thank you. Yeah, like 2008, right? So yeah, 2008 elite company of just being an awful team. So, yeah, sorry Reds fans um that's 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 all i got that's all we got to say well maybe that's what we'll call this segment we'll just say sorry reds fans what's the owner's name bob um oh i, I don't know off the top of my head um i, I want to say all the fans cool. sell the team sell the team
1: bob yeah call yeah where, bob where are you Casalini.
0: where are you gonna go yeah. where are you gonna go um you can go over so this to- podcast yeah. the shit on the reds yeah You can go over to our Twitter. Let us know. We can shit on the roads more there, too. At EatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Mostly on Twitter. Um, So, yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got to plug for today. Yeah, cool. Make sure to subscribe to the pod so you uh, know when we release new ones. And that's about it for today. Thanks, everybody. One last time. As always, Farboad. Peace.